Hello and welcome to another episode of A Run and Thought Podcast, coming to you all the way from Keo, Hawaii, in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. This is Clint, and welcome back for episode number 14. I hope everybody's doing well. I'm doing all right. It's been a pretty good week. Um, lots of cool things happening, uh, and I'm... Happy to share those with everybody. Where to start? Where to begin? Um, Well, my VO2 max went up to 56 today, so that's good. Um, It's the simple things, I guess. Uh, But that was interesting to see after today's run. I've been kind of slacking off uh, on my running for at least like the last week or two. I've been really busy with everything else, um, which is not a great excuse, um, but I have had to stop, you know, kind of short of my regular eight mile daily run and do only five because I've been kind of pressed for time several days um, this week and last week. Uh, the downside of that is for me, at least, I, I don't know if it's because the, the dip in training makes my legs weaker or, um, if I'm just falling apart because I'm aging. But, um, if I do kind of, um, take it easy for, a week or two, I noticed that, um, you know, I get knee pain, muscle pain, um, but I've got, um, I've got at least one knee that, um, is, is kind of just in a permanent state of, um, uh, what would you call it? I wouldn't say injured, but I would, it's in a permanent state of fussiness because uh, I don't ever know if it's going to hurt or um, if it's going to be nice, if it's going to play nice. So usually, uh, usually if I'm doing what I'm supposed to do and I'm keeping my legs kind of uh, conditioned and strong enough to keep the, um, the bone ends from kind of rubbing together um or at least that's that's what I think is happening uh but if I'm keeping my my quads strong enough by working them out um every day I usually don't have big issues but like today I was out and I actually did do my standard eight miler I was gonna do five again um, but I decided that since I had been slacking off and, um, I had nothing but time today that I would just go for the full eight and I'm glad I did, but, um, I did have some knee issues like on mile, like three, I think it was like between mile three and four, which for, for my run down on uh, beach road puts me like basically in the middle of nowhere. Like I'm, I'm basically at the, um, 
the lava flow at that point and there's really not that many people around there's definitely no help or services <laughs> around it's in the middle of well there there are some you know like houses and neighborhoods nearby but um, nowhere that I would really want to like go on somebody's property and knock on their door if if something happened and I there's no way I could make it back I need to use a phone or something so um, I mean I guess I shouldn't be so whiny it's it's like four miles away from my truck I could always you know hobble back but so um, the thing is with whatever kind of knee pain I have um, when it starts happening I kind of can't walk and it's not just because of the the pain it's a uh, it just does something weird I don't know how to explain it but it it's just I'm not able to to fully like flex um, that leg so or that that joint it's kind of a, a weird pain um, but yeah I I got through it I just kept going and um, eventually it subsided I guess I didn't explain that well so it's not that I can't keep running or can't keep walking but it just like it's a sharp pain like at a certain point like when the the joint articulates um, I'll get like a, a short sharp not short but a sharp pain uh, like at a certain point so it like kind of comes and goes you know so it's not that I can't run or walk but it's like if I do um, every time that joint articulates to a certain spot it's gonna you know shoot uh, a pretty extreme pain um, up my leg so it's um, it's running and, and walking prohibitive but anyways I hate to start this uh, episode out complaining I'm actually not complaining I'm just it's a fact uh, that was one thing that I dealt with today and you know it's my own fault because I should have been keeping up you know with my training and all and uh, what am I training for I, I call it training it's not really training I guess I'm training for life but <laughs> um, there's no races or anything right now I'm signed up for uh, ultra but I don't know if it's gonna it's going to come to be um, it was going to be on Mount Achaia and so I talked to the race directors a couple of times not very long just briefly but I guess um, I guess there's a lot of issues with like trying to you know get permits and um, and all the things that go into uh, an ultra you know it's hard enough to race direct you know an, an ultra just anywhere else but um Mauna Kea is especially uh, I don't want to say difficult but there, there's a lot more um things that have to be considered and and um permit permit wise safety wise um keeping the um the landscape and you know plant and animal habitats intact 
um, there, there's a lot more consideration than maybe like some some other places. But uh, anyways, I've gone all over the place <laughs> in the short amount of time uh, that I've been talking. But but yeah, so I was going to do that ultra and I will still do that ultra um, if it happens this year. I'm kind of sad that there hasn't been really anything to go to, but it's understandable. Um, and I'm, I'm fine just doing my daily runs and, um, yeah, sorry. I had to yawn a little bit. It is evening time and it's been a long day. It's been a good Friday, but I've packed a lot of work and, you know, my run and, um, I'm kind of like winding down, which I swore I would never do, but uh, it was either not do the podcast, you know, or wait for some other more opportune time that may never come, uh, or just sit down and try to do one today. But, but yeah, so here we are, and you're listening to me ramble. Uh, yeah, so other than my knee, great run today i saw a lot of well i saw a couple of vehicles broken down which is not unusual for beach road but um seeing multiple vehicles in different places was kind of um something new so it looked like by the time i turned back and started heading toward my truck um Everybody was fixed up and, and back on the road again. So I don't know what those issues were, if it was just um, gas or uh, a maintenance, uh, something simple kind of issue. But there were a couple of vehicles being pushed off the road. But don't know. I, like I say, I try to stay out of people's business and, and they usually just stay out of mine. It works pretty well that way. Uh, nobody looked like they were desperate for, for help or anything. So I'm trying to think there were a couple of things that were, that were kind of nagging on me that I had not mentioned, uh, previously. So I, I guess, um, I guess I'll talk about a couple of things that are entirely unrelated because, Hey, why not? I'm already on a streak. Um, of random uh, ramblings. So there was one thing that I didn't mention last time because it, it was a little bit more of a, a somber um, episode and um, was dealing with a, a little bit more just in, I guess, personally and, uh, you know, the, the world still is falling apart. I'd I believe, uh, <laughs> but it, it was all starting to fall apart. I think the, the last episode that I did. And so, uh, that initial shock, um, the, the gravity of it was a lot more, I've, I've been able to have some, I guess, some more chipper, uh, moments between then and, 
and now. So although the world is still basically on fire and, uh, you know, everything kind of sucks, uh, there's, I guess, a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, and there's still little glints of um, good things, positive things that uh, come through. But anyway, this is not a motivational speech, so let me shut up. Uh, yeah, so one kind of cool thing that I did not talk about last time, but it was still a cool thing. I just, I didn't feel like, um, you know, last time I needed to be, you know, sharing a bunch of like jovial um, stories or, or interesting factoids or, or whatever uh, it just wasn't uh, the, the episode or the time or whatever to to do that um, but so I feel like for this one we can kind of get a little bit back more to business as usual because um, it's a good escape from all the other craziness but um so yeah, remember SpaceX launched a couple weeks ago? I don't know what date, um, but it was a couple weeks ago. And on on the night, I guess, or on the day after, maybe it was the day of the launch, I was outside walking the dogs, and we kind of... I always look up at the sky, because in Hawaii... Um, it's we're in one of these places on earth where there's very little uh light pollution and that's you know very deliberate but also um you know there's just not that many lights there's not that many people out here on the big island so um i was like point being sorry i i could make the most simple statement into like a uh uh, cliff notes for um, war and peace so I am looking up at the sky because the sky is always clear in Hawaii it's just no light pollution I've already said that but I digress looking up at the sky and looking at the stars and I know some of the constellations I don't know them all but um, I kind of know uh, the ones that are around um Scorpio, and then also um, the ones that are around, like the Pleiades and um, like Sirius, and what's the main one? Orion, like that, those constellations. I kind of know those two. And big shout out to Emiloa <laughs> uh, Astronomy Center. Astronomy? Yeah. That's right. I always get um, astronomy and astrology mixed up. Uh, I don't get them mixed up as to what they are, but sometimes I I use one word for the other. So definitely astronomy, definitely not astrology. Uh, but yeah, so I've been there enough times to Emiloa that I kind of have a little bit of knowledge on uh, some of the constellations, but once again, I've gone down a crazy path, um, just rambling away, talking about myself, looking up at the sky, 
walking the dogs, um, enjoying the constellation. It was a little bit of a cloudy night, and um, I see something that looks like a, not like a plane. It didn't look like a plane. It sort of, I thought at first, maybe it, maybe it was a plane, but it was just too long to be a plane. Um, unless it was like super close. And then even, even then, like all I could see were, were lights and I remember only seeing three. So it kind of looked like a light at the front, a light in the middle and a light at the back. It was sort of evenly spaced and I couldn't really see any, any, you know, like fuselage or, or anything. So of course, you know, I've watched enough ancient aliens and um, other, you know, Area 51 documentaries on Netflix to uh, kind of appreciate that, it, you know, that it could be a UFO. Um, I'm not really sure if if UFOs exist, I'm not really sure it matters if I'm sure if UFOs exist, but for a split second, that's what I thought, um, it was. And so I yelled for my wife, like at the top of my lungs, I was like, get out here now. And, uh, I, who knows what she thought had happened because she came rushing outside. And then, um, of course my son came out to, and we're we're looking at this thing going through the sky, and I just could not explain to myself like what what this thing was because I've never seen anything like it before, and um, I I know I did a horrible job of describing it. So the the sky was mostly clear, but there were clouds coming off the the ocean, and they were kind of heading over Hawaii Island, going from. Um, California direction uh, toward, uh, I guess, Honolulu direction, if you if you will. So the clouds are rolling in off the ocean, and there's little, there's mostly clear spots, you know, high elevation. But this thing comes through. It looked like it was coming through the clouds. Hindsight uh, and googling some stuff, it was probably well above the the cloud ceiling um but i see these lights going through the sky i yell for my wife and you know she comes out she comes running out and my son comes out too and we're looking at this thing and we're all kind of like perplexed we we're not putting two and two together <laughs> you know the spacex launch was widely publicized and of course you probably figured out by now that that's what it was it was um i forgot the name of the satellites but it's called a um something satellite train so when they launch these things they launch you know multiple you know like 30 60 of them at a time and so i guess what happens is they kind of spread out sort of evenly but they move like they orbit in uh sort of like a train so it's just one after the other so you see these things and they just move at this constant uh rate of speed and it's 
maybe slower than an airplane, but faster than, you know, like a, a star, <laughs> faster than something stationary. <laughs> so it, to me, it looked like the lights moved across the sky going from, uh, you know, like Honolulu direction toward the ocean, which would be more California direction. Um, it looked like, uh, what did I say? It, it was, it looked to me like it was going through the clouds, but it, it definitely wasn't. Um, if it was satellites, it would have been well above the cloud ceiling, I believe. Um, I think satellites definitely live like outside of the atmosphere. I could be wrong about that. I'm no Elon Musk. Uh, but yeah, so we sat there and <laughs> talked amongst ourselves. And I remember telling my, my son asked, what are we going to, what are we going to tell people? Uh, or did he ask that? I don't remember, but somehow that, that came up, you know, between the three of us. And I just was like, you don't say anything to anybody cause they're never going to believe us. And so that was kind of fun. And then when we found out, you know, after some Google searches and some Reddit posts and um, calling a friend and telling them about the mystery objects in the sky. Uh, so, you know, kind of like after making a fool of myself a little bit, figured out that it was the SpaceX launch and, you know, all was well. That, that solved the mystery. And so I'm, I'm kind of bummed that it wasn't a UFO, but then I'm kind of glad. Sorry. I had to yawn. That's what happens when I'm sitting in my recliner after a long day and trying to do a podcast in, in a dimly lit room. It's a lethal combination. So anyways... Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think, I don't, I need to start like writing stuff down before I do these because I always have so many, uh, ideas for things to say. And then I get on here and I totally get lost. Um, I meander everywhere, uh, just talking about nonsense, but, um, yeah. So some other cool things that are going on, um, I, you know, with COVID and um, the school being closed. My son's been spending a lot of time uh, at home and a lot of that time he's been spending on the computer and, you know, who knows how many YouTube videos uh, he takes in per day. We try to get him to read and go outside and do other things as much as possible. Um, and limit his computer time when we're around. But, I mean, there's huge swaths of the day where uh, it's anybody's guess how much time he's spending on the computer. Actually, I could go look if I, if I really wanted to. I could, I could get um, a summary of all his computer use, but I don't want to live in some Orwellian uh, dystopia. <laughs> where I'm playing big brother to my son watching his every move. I, 
he's pretty ethical and um you know he's watching puppy videos for sure i can see everything that he watches because he's got my um he's logged into chrome with my account so it also youtube he's logged in with my account so i get like little notifications for all the stuff that he is watching so that's kind of cool until he gets old enough and discovers that he can change that and then you know that's no more but um yeah i just contradicted myself and said that i shouldn't do that but then i do get it's just i didn't it's not by design it's just he that's the behavior of YouTube. It sends video suggestions and things like that. So I get little alerts on my phone, whatever he's watching. So it's, it's nice to kind of be able to monitor that because there's all kinds of crazy crap on the internet. But anyways, point being, I think he spends a lot of time on the computer, maybe too much time. And then, you know, he's getting of that age where like he's he's eating more and more and so I'm not trying to fat shame the poor kid but he he is kind of getting a little bit um what they used to call when I was a kid a husky and so I've always been kind of on the heavy side you know even you know when I'm running my butt off I still don't get like that small i'm still a pretty uh, i guess what they would call big boned person uh uh yeah i'm just thick i guess but so he's definitely inherited a little bit of that from me and so he's kind of a, a husky boy and on on one level that's okay because i think most kids do or like some kids do get a little chunky around middle school age and then it kind of sheds off and then they they hit their growth spurt and uh, it balances out like in their teenage years um and so it's not that i'm i want to you know make him self-conscious or, or whatever but he's getting a little bit uh, excessively um, excessive body fat a little bit so he, I think he needs more uh, exercise for sure he's not getting you know as much as he used to get when he was going to school and you know having recess and um, going to after school programs and uh, you know like running club and playing soccer uh so yeah been thinking for a long time that uh i would love to have um him with me when i go out on my runs and and so this kind of ties into what's happening now with the with him kind of getting a little bit of uh extra weight on I, I think I hear a frog outside I'm not sure 
keep hearing some kind of noise. It might be my phone vibrating too, but uh, but yeah. So I tell I tell stories the worst. I'm the worst storyteller ever. <laughs> like I'm all over the place. So uh, so yeah. So for a long time, I've been on runs. I thought you know I wish that um, you know my son was here or somebody. Uh, it's a shame, you know, that I'm the only one getting to see this right now, you know, no matter what it, what it is. It could be, you know, the looking at the ocean from, you know, one of the ridges out in Volcano Park or um, watching the sunset over, or uh, is it over? Watching the sunset behind Mauna Loa, I guess, would be the correct way to say that. Um, you know, just whatever it is out and about when you, when you run through places, I've mentioned this before, you're taking in so much more, like there's so much, you're learning, um, about landscapes that most people will probably never see. Um, and you just, it's amplified. You, you go through it so quickly and then you go to another place and then you go through there and then you cover so much ground. Um, it's not to say that like I'm an expert on Hawaii and all of its landscape. I've definitely got some hot spots that I, I hit up pretty often, but I would say out of the places that I go, I kind of, I know down to the, like certain rocks, like, Oh, that's that rock. I've got, you know, like a mile until, I get to my truck or, or whatever. Um, but yeah, so a lot of cool things to see in, in Hawaii. And um, sometimes I wish he was with me. And then sometimes I forget um, that all of the things that I've experienced from, you know, getting out and, and doing long runs around the, the countryside or volcanoes park or wherever he's never seen you know 90 percent of that and so um we've had a couple of excursions i took him to ypo um this was uh, maybe like two years ago even um i took him to ypo valley and so when i say i took him to ypo valley like i I took him into Waipio Valley. We were going to hike to Waimanu and actually camp. I had a permit and we ended up, we got to um, Waipio Valley lookout at like 4 p.m. on a Friday. And so we were going to hike in, just me and him, camp, and then hike back out like the next day. And so we, 4 p.m. was not a great time to get out, but a little bit of background on this. Uh, he had been having some issues with thinking that there was you know, some kind of um, something in the yard that was watching him you know, through his bedroom window and it was freaking him out and um, 
I think it was a figment of his imagination. I used to have the same kind of um, the same kind of thoughts when I was a kid. A lot of scary basements and you know people living under the stairs or or whatever monsters and such ghosts and this and that. Um, and so I think you know he had a pretty healthy over overactive imagination about. Um, whatever it was that was looking at him in the yard. So it was kind of like a two-part thing. Like I had two goals for this excursion. Number one was to spend time with him, kind of get out and and do something different um, and show him a place that he had not seen before in a way that he had not done much, um, you know, like hiking and, and and such. So the other part of it was I wanted to kind of like break him of this idea that there's, you know, scary things out to to get him. And so I purposely set out at night to to take this hike. In hindsight, I don't know if it was a, a great idea. Obviously we're we're still here. Um but so we hiked in to YPO starting at like about 4 p.m. on a Friday and the weather was fine. Um, we made it across. There's kind of like a, a little, I don't know if it's a river or, or what, but um, there's a fast moving water that's going into the ocean, like fresh water that goes out into the ocean. So you you got to kind of, I say fast water, it, it's just water. It's, it's moving. It's not like white water, like a class five or anything like that. Um, but it is up to your shoulders sometimes. And you definitely have to carry the pack over your head as you, you know, cross over this thing. Um, but uh, we got down into YPO, we crossed over the stream, we crossed through the beach area. Um, we saw a lot of cool things. I'm just, I'm gonna abbreviate this story, sorry. Um, we ended up, um, you know, getting up the other side of YPO and hiking more towards Waimanu, I think. Uh, so it did start raining uh, around 10 p.m. So we had been hiking since 4, and then it was 10. I think we had gone about 7 miles or so. We made it to the kind of, um, I guess it's like a, I don't know, I wouldn't say emergency shelter, but it's a shelter building. And I think once you get to that shelter building, there, there's about like two or three more miles before you get to Waimani. And so what we did, because it was raining, we set up our, our tents inside of the shelter building and, uh, or underneath it. And then we cooked some food and ate and everything. And then we um, went to sleep, woke up the next morning and um, we hiked back out. And so he was, uh, you know, extremely thrilled and um, in awe of all the 
the beautiful views and the, the trees, you know, different parts of nature. And I kind of explained to him, you know, people that sit on their couch, they never see those. People that go back to the truck because they're scared, um, they don't get to see this. You know, there's, there's opportunity costs that you lose if you decide to just stay at home or, you know, go back to the truck or, or whatever. And so there's plenty of people that do that. Um, I don't know if there necessarily needs to be people that come see all the wonderful sites, but isn't it great to be one of those people kind of thing? And so the other part of it was we survived the night. Nobody messed with us. And that's the ultimate way of saying, you know, or explaining, um, if nothing gets you in YPO Valley, you're probably pretty safe in your bedroom. And so I'm not going to say that it cured him 100%, but I definitely think that it helped a little bit. He still closes his window, like his curtains and stuff, <laughs> um, which is fine. But he's not terrified of, you know, like sleeping in his room, his own room, his own bed at night and stuff like that. So um, I think it was successful. Now, like I say, hindsight, there's been, um, there was one kid that went missing uh, last scene in YPO, who knows what happened to him. I, you know, at this point, he's been gone a long time. And so I don't want to give false hope. I, I hope that, you know, if he is alive, that he's safe. But, you know, odds are with that kind of uh, terrain, um, if he didn't go some somewhere else and he's living like a dual, uh, you know, like another life uh, somewhere else, it, it probably outlook's not good. So there is a lot of danger in YPO, definitely a lot of danger at night, um, especially when you're ascending the, the um, what do you call it? Like, the, I guess the cliff um, when you're going up or... Well, down's not so bad because it's kind of a pay road, but when you're going up the other side on that really narrow um, trail, and especially if you're doing any piece of that, like in the dark, that's kind of dangerous. Um, and so that's the only thing maybe I, I, I wouldn't do that part in the dark again. But like I say, we had lights and um, we played it pretty safe and made it back okay. And so I said all that to get to immediately launch into another story. <laughs> I've taken my son uh, with us on another excursion. This was like the whole family. Well, not the whole family, but it was me and my wife, my son, uh, a friend from work, and then uh, another friend. Uh, just kind of like my best friend on the island. And so it was all of us, and we took a hike. This was not like a run. This was just a hike. I think it was like 18 miles down. Um, oh, now I'm going to forget the name. I've talked about it on the podcast before. But it was like this 18-mile hike and volcano, and then you have to um, descend 
I think like two or three thousand feet, and then out to the shore a couple miles, and then turn around back, ascend, you know, two or three thousand feet, and then there's another, I forget how many, like five miles or something to go once you get back up the, <laughs> the ridge. Um, but so we took them on that and that's a fairly, uh, that's a fairly, what's the word? Not complicated, but, uh, um, difficult hike for, especially for a kid. I mean, there were adults with us that uh, were having trouble towards the end. And so when I take, uh, my son or anybody with me, um, I try not to take for granted like how uh, difficult the experience may be for, for somebody that is not used to um, those kind of distances on that kind of terrain. And so I, it's not like a meat grinder. Like I'm not trying to force anybody to, um, you know, like death march <laughs> the whole way. So um, those two examples, I think those are like really the longest two distances we've ever gone together um, with my son. So uh, the point, like bringing it all together, was he kind of seems like he's in a place right now where he needs to get out more. And I've had all these thoughts about, you know, like I. I wish that he could see more. I wish he would come with me on these runs and um, yada, yada, yada. He's gone on some hikes, so I know that he can go the distance. And his mind is pretty good. Um, I, I don't know a lot of kids, but I definitely have run into some that I don't think would make they wouldn't make it without complaining like as long as uh, my son has. And so I think he will be okay, like mentally. Um, and I think he can do this stuff physically. So what I've done is his birthday's coming out next month. And instead of like getting a bunch of crazy stuff for him, which we don't really get like a bunch of crazy stuff every year, but um, we get him stuff that's really kind of like inconsequential for uh, like life skills, I guess. And I think like now more than ever, it's pretty apparent that kids need uh, life skills. They need to have, you know, relationship building uh, taught to them and uh, kind of learn how to do life uh, from a responsible adult, I guess, if you want to call me a responsible adult. I know everything that you shouldn't do, and so <laughs> I can I can work with, with him on that uh, from that angle, uh, leverage my knowledge of everything that you shouldn't do. I've learned from experience, but... Um, yeah, and so I think it's important for him to to spend time with with me as his dad, and then it's definitely important for me 
to spend time with him and kind of show him some things that otherwise he would just be sitting in front of the computer totally miss out on um, it's such a shame because we live in a beautiful place and for him to just uh, be online or doing whatever um, of course I want him to be happy but I think he'll be happier out with me so point of all this is got him um, some gear for his birthday and so it's slowly trickling in I ordered all of it um, online so we're, we're starting to get some stuff we got his shoes today and um, a pair of shorts and then we've got some other uh, hydration um, flasks and I think another pair of shorts and some other stuff coming in and uh, I'm going to start taking him with me not on like huge excursions but um, just kind of like start them off slow and gradually build. And so, I mean, who knows how this will all play out. I'm not naive enough or I'm not naive. Like I don't, I know it could go either way. He could hate it totally. And um, it would just kind of be over <laughs> before it even begins. But I'm hoping that um, he will like it and you know, stick with it. I'm not, I'm not like in a pathetic way trying to, um, goat him as my running buddy. Uh, I've, I realize that, um, well, it's not so much that I realize, but like looking back, I've always thought that running with a group or running with other people would be cool. And so traditionally I've invited people to come along. And in reality, I don't remember many times in as long as I've been running that I've actually run with other people. That's not to say that when I did, it wasn't fun because it definitely was, it was awesome. Um, but for the most part, uh, nearly 100% of the time, like 99.999999% of the time, I'm always by myself and it works just fine. I go at my pace and uh, I don't have to worry about anybody else and uh, so on and so forth. Or making, making small talk and... and this and that it's just me I'm out there grinding and you know I get done I go about my business but uh like having someone else there does kind of complicate things if they're not on the same page so if you're trying to like Sherpa someone uh I'm talking about an adult right so like another adult uh it it would be it wouldn't be too complicated, but it, it's like I'm on my wave and then that person's on whatever wave they're on. Um, so it's like competing uh, abilities, competing desires. Like <laughs> we both want different things out of this scenario. Like I just want to grind it out and get done. The other person may have like totally different designs on uh, what 
they think uh, running's about, and um, they may think it's a social experiment or something like that. Whereas I'm not very verbose. Like you wouldn't know it from the way that I tell stories or narratives horribly um, and excessively wordy. But in my normal day to day life, I'm I'm not very verbose and um during running i'm not really trying to talk to a bunch of people carry on a conversation but uh yeah i forgot what my my point even was um oh yeah so having someone along it's a it's a little bit different dynamic for sure i think you know having my son along be good but I'm not trying to go him and, and make him my running running buddy because nobody else wants to be <laughs> it's not anything like that it's just uh, I think it will be a good experience some bonding and then also I'm hoping that he will like it and maybe make it a part of his um, sort of uh upkeep of himself like mentally physically um i think running is great for for doing that um that's a good way to blow off steam and kind of clear your head a little bit too sorry i'm yawning a bunch i've always um or i say i've always when i first started i had totally different um ideas on, on what it was to, to be a runner and um, you know kind of a lot of it was misguided just from marketing of fitness equipment shoes and stuff like that like you know you think that it has to be one way and everything has to be shiny and new and latest and greatest but <laughs> sorry um, once you've been doing it a while you kind of you know sort of realize that it it's about the the actual act the doing of the thing so if you're running then you're a runner right doesn't matter if you have a bunch of um, equipment or even a gps watch or whatever like as long as you're doing it you are a runner Uh, just keep on doing that thing then you continue to to be it and so i think when i first started out it was like i gotta have these shoes i gotta have this whatever um i gotta take this supplement or i'm not a runner or (laughs) whatever just like weird ideas and you know weird dietary things and um trying to go too far too fast um but yeah, so after several or many years, I don't know if you say many, but uh, after some years, you, it kind of like sets in and just like it's a part of your routine or it's, a, it's become a part of my routine and um, it's no big deal. But I would like to see the, the same thing for him, like just a, a good fallback because all you need to do it is... Um, pair of shoes and some shorts and you can 
go to town. Sorry, I keep yawning. But, um, you know, I've explained several times before on this podcast about how running has helped me through some like kind of tough times and, and it was an escape and a little bit of um, freedom in times where I didn't have much of um, either. <laughs> so, um, yeah, my computer keeps shutting down. It's, bugs me because I think one time it shut down or not shut down but you know like the um, the screensaver come, comes on one time it came on and then it completely stopped recording and I just kept on talking so um, that was bad because I think I missed out on like 30 minutes of recording <laughs> but anyways uh so yeah, so I'm gonna take my son with me, or start taking him with me on some of my, some shorter um, runs, and then maybe kind of build him up and see how it goes. But he's already um, he was in running club for a, a year or two at his middle school, and he's done some little um, kind of cross country like events uh, with, you know, peers his age from all different uh, schools around the area. And he did well. I think he, he's maybe placed in some of those. And his mom uh, enters him. Sometimes when I do marathons, there will be, you know, like other races, um, of shorter distance so like half marathon and then like a 5k and so my wife will enter him in the 5k with herself and then they uh will do those together and so he's not uh he's kind of an old hat with the running thing by now so i think physically he's he's there i think mentally um, he's mostly there he's kind of like me he's for the most part stoic he gets a little bit flustered. Um, it's it's a lot to process for a young a young mind when you're talking about like um, kind of longer distances and um, you know just even the concept of not being at home um, within four walls. You know, doing something familiar like watching a cartoon or, or something like that. Being close to mom or or whatever so that kind of sets in but there's ways to uh, manage that and um, been able to do that before successfully so yeah so I'm looking forward to it I'm, I'm super excited I hope that it will catch on with him and um, I'll kind of have a partner and I've I've kind of, uh, what's the word, uh, like romanticize it a bit. I can already see kind of like the uh, uh, progression of it where like I become older and slower, right? And so he's slow right now. 
because he's young and he's just developing. Uh, and so I can see him like, Dad, Dad, too, this is too, you're going too fast. This is too much distance. You know, and I'm like, oh, you know, it's okay. You can do it, whatever. And then, like, there will be a time where, you know, like, I'm wearing down. I'm getting old. And it's sort of like he's built up enough. And now he's keeping up with, with me. And then eventually, like, I'll wear down completely and just be a slow poke. And then he'll be in the place that I'm in now. And he'll be telling me to, to catch up, you know. And so these are the things that I've thought about. And I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm ready for that day. Uh, I mean, I'm excited for him. If that happens, you know, I want that. It, it, it'll suck for me <laughs> to get old and, and be slow. But, you know, if I... The fact that I would have made it that long to even see that day um, is a positive thought to me. But, um, yeah, so that's my hopes for it. My hope is to uh, become disabled and <laughs> kind of fade into uh, to being elderly while my son um, outperforms me in every way. And does way better with uh, running than I ever did. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see how that turns out. So, uh, other in other news, um, my wife was kind enough to surprise me. Actually, my wife and my son both were kind enough to surprise me for uh, Father's Day with. A new pair of shoes and so they got me ultras and they got me the Olympus and I don't know what number they are I, I think it's 3.0 or 3.5 or I, I don't know but so it's cool I've been running in the um, the temps I believe they're called temps and so after um taking in the audiobook uh, for no I can't remember Born to Run <laughs> sorry how can I forget that after taking in the audiobook I'm I'm kind of I was a little bit convinced by the, their argument in that book that a lot of um, you know like the wear suggestions the shoe manufacturers put out is probably not you know very factual so like most manufacturers will say between three and five hundred miles you should replace your shoes right um but there were examples in the book born to run where you know people ran with way more than that like thousands of miles on a pair of shoes before they replaced them so i've already got a pile outside um and the reason that I have replaced them kind of like two two or three pairs a year is because of um, my knee. Like I was telling you earlier, I've had uh, kind of crappy knee since I was in the military. And it kind of like comes and goes, but 
as a preventative measure, just based on like um, probably some marketing thought that was uh, pressed into me. Um, I thought that I should change shoes more often and that would in turn uh, keep my joints healthy and keep me from becoming injured. And so, sorry, I got, got a little bit of a sore throat, but um, yeah, so I had been changing shoes like, you know, or getting a new pair like two or three times a year. Um, and so I've got a pile outside. I don't know really what to do with them. I hate to throw them away because they are still technically, um, you know, intact. And I think that quite honestly, I could probably get some more miles out of a few pairs of shoes just based off of the stuff that was in Born to Run. I, I don't think I've got you know, anywhere near a thousand miles on any of those pairs of shoes. But anyway, I don't, why am I going into all this? I don't know. Uh, the current pair that I am wearing are temps and I just plan to just run those down basically until they got holes in the bottom and I'm not going to do, I'm going to do a little experiment. I'm not going to replace them with a new pair. And so that's kind of my idea. So, I got these shoes for Father's Day and I'm still, it's still awesome to have them because what I'm going to do with them is have another pair outside that I've in the pile. It lives outside. Sorry, I should clarify. Um, I wore those in um, the 100 mile ultra that I did last year and I think a couple other ultras maybe last year. Not sure. I don't. I don't quite remember the timeline on those, but those have got a lot of miles on them. They're visibly um, worn on the bottom, but I could probably still wear them anyway. But the um, the new ones that I got, I'm going to maybe do a couple of break-in runs on them. And then maybe like wear them every now and then, but um, I'm going to save them for the next time that I do kind of a longer ultra, like a 50 mile or 100 mile. If I do that again, I'm going to save those for that application. And then in the meantime, I'm just going to stick with the temps because the the temps are a little bit more aggressive tread and I like that. And then, um, what is the, there's another one. I forget what it's called, but, uh, King mountain. Yeah. King mountain has a great, um, tread pattern and it's Vibram. So it's ultra grippy and I like those shoes for like day to day and even for like a 30, like a 50k, like a 31 mile ultra marathon. Those are fine. Yeah, I don't, I've never needed, you know, as much cushion as the Olympus has in kind of those lesser distances, but um, definitely 
the Olympus will be great for like 100 miler and 50 miler stuff like that. Um, sorry, I'm yawning again. Uh, so those are kind of like the the top things going on for me right now. Uh, Beach Road. How could I do one of these podcasts and not talk about Beach Road? It's been pretty decent the last couple of weeks. I've been seeing a lot more mongoose. I think that's the plural. The singular and plural. Mongoose is mongoose. I don't think it's mongoose, but I could be wrong. But I've been seeing a lot of mongoose, and so, you know, alive and dead. Um which is cool. I like to, um, what do you call it? Like, uh, anthropomorphize everything. So I just call him Mongoose Mike. And so all of their names are Mongoose Mike. So every time I see one, it's like, what's up Mongoose Mike? Um, yeah. So I've been seeing a lot of those. Seen a fair amount of pigs in the last couple of weeks too, which is cool. As long as they're not running after me, I'm I'm good with them. I like to see them. It's good to be reminded that um, like it's one thing to be kind of in the middle of a jungle, whatever. But then you see like oh, there's a wild pig or or whatever. It makes it more real, makes it better somehow. Uh, speaking of animals kind of getting off of beach road for a minute i've been seeing uh sheep up at power lines which is no uh it's not like a news flash people go up there to hunt so it's kind of a <laughs> it's kind of a place you would expect to see um, game but i've had pretty good luck just in general up around power lines and Pu'o'o, which connects up to power lines in seeing um you know, sheep and goats up in that area. But last weekend, I think on Sunday, I went to power lines and I got out to kind of the point where I was going to turn around and, and then come back where Pu'o joins up with um, Power Lines Trail. And there were three pretty big ewes. Um, female deer I think they were all female but they're pretty pretty chunky um they were all eating grass and I tried to get my phone out and take a picture of them but by the time I got it out they had spotted me and then before I could get a picture in they had already bolted but that was pretty cool to see Um, beach road I'm trying to think like cool things that I've seen on beach road in the last few weeks it always you know I get on this recording and then I can't remember anything so it's been pretty quiet though like just nice the humidity was crazy today. It was like 81% humidity. 
and I think it was like about 80 degrees outside. So I remember thinking that um, it kind of felt like if I was in um, a cold place with a sweater on, you know, like a really <laughs> warm sweater, a wool sweater, and right next to a fireplace. That was how <laughs> I was feeling, except I was in... Uh, I was running on a road with no shirt on in Hawaii, so it it just didn't make sense that it was that hot and, and humid um, for me. But so at this point, I'm starting to get sleepy, and I th I think that I'm going to start trailing off and probably not making a lot of sense, or probably making less sense than I have been making with my stories and stuff. I'm trying to, to dig like really deep because I wanted to tell some cool stuff that's happened on Beach Road, but I just can't. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. One thing I wanted to mention. Uh, last time, I think I had talked about the dogs that were chasing after me. At a certain point, um, there's a certain house. I've never seen the house. I can only see the driveway. It's covered in, you know, jungle or, or whatever. You can't see up to the, the house. But um, these dogs come down from time to time and they get after me. And so, like, they, I guess it was the day before last, uh, was out and I'm coming, I'm going past this house and these dogs they all run out. I mean, they were vicious. It was like an episode of The Walking Dead. And so all of these dogs at this house, they're, they're like small. They're smaller dogs. And um, they look young, like if that makes any sense. Like they don't look like they're super old dogs. Like the coloration and stuff they're all light colored so maybe that's what it is but i don't see like the the gray grayish face um that you would expect to see in like an older dog but all of them have um like that little translucent glaze over their eyes so it looks like they're all blind um i'm not sure if they got cataracts or or if they're it's a diet thing or, or what's going on but all of them may be visually impaired. So I've kind of coined them, uh, the, what did I coin them as? The bad, bad boy, bad boy something of Beach Road. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember anything right now. Um, Yeah, something like that. The bad bad boys of Beach Road. The the blind bad boys of Beach Road is what it was. And so that's what I call them. They're the blind bad boys of Beach Road. And so I don't know how they know it's me, but they do. And if they're around and I'm running past, they come out. And I mean, they are vicious. So they do this thing where, like, of course, they're all barking and making noise, but they kind of like surround me on like one side. So like a half circle of about four or five dogs. 
and then like they they sort of like lunge every now and then super um startling it's not scary because they're not big dogs but it is kind of um concerning uh disturbing i guess uh, but anyways because i i'm the kind of person like i just want to talk to them pet them whatever you know and then be on my way but there's just no talking to these these boys or petting them um they're bad bad to the bone but yeah nothing nothing else too crazy trying to think have I seen anything I've only been running like five miles for, for like this week and last week and I think I've skipped uh, two days this week so I've been doing a horrible job of even getting out to to beach road but um yeah nothing else is really sticking out in my mind I'm gonna go ahead and wrap this up for today and then maybe if I'm feeling chatty I'll do another one this weekend but I got like so much school stuff I gotta work on and everything else so who knows but yeah I don't think there's anything else really crazy to tell so and until next time I'm trying to figure out do I really want to end this right here I think so I think it's time for me to go to sleep but yeah so thanks for for joining thanks for listening um I'll do another episode at some point maybe this weekend maybe it'll be during the week or next weekend who knows um but until then uh, take care of yourselves be nice to each other um, stay safe and yeah fingers crossed for humanity like all the way around um and just keep on keeping on but yeah until next time i'm gonna go ahead and sign out take care